I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you're listening to the Queens of Tech podcast, a podcast series about workplace role models, where I get the opportunity to ask 60 plus questions to female influencers about their journey into STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. My vision with this podcast is to raise the workplace ecosystem for women in tech. My mission is to bridge the gap between schools and workplaces by highlighting female role models in STEM to encourage more young girls and women to unleash their full potential in these fields to reach top leadership roles. In this episode, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, tech queen Irante Gomez, CEO and co-founder of Service Forum. Hi, Iranti. Hi, Jasmine. I'm very happy to have you joining us from Stockholm, Sweden today. I know. It's exciting because actually I flew in last night to Stockholm to visit our Swedish team. So knowing that you're based in Stockholm, it was exciting to tell you that. Well, welcome. We don't have any snow. It's really great weather. So I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm a little bit exhausted with all the traveling over the last couple of weeks, but still good. I'm so happy to hear. I'm so glad to have you joining us. So now let us dive into your journey into STEM. Hope you're ready for the Queens of Tech 60 plus question. Go for it. Let's warm up with a few fun facts about you. How would you describe your personality in three hashtags? Curious, driven, and definitely friendly. How would you describe your life in three sentences? I grew up in Sri Lanka, moved to Australia to study. And that's where my co-founder, who's also my partner now, and we started our first business and then sold it. And now we're basically, I've moved to Europe and started Service Form, which we're working on now. And I'm a very curious person about technology. What kind of music stimulates and motivates you the most? I like to dance, so I listen to a lot of pop and R&B music. What is your personal motto? This is a quote from Richard Branson, which I live up to every day and also encourage people in my team to do. The quote goes as, if somebody offers you an amazing opportunity, but you're not sure how to do it, say yes and then figure out how. What is your favorite book? Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. What is your favorite podcast? Exit Fights. It's a B2B marketing podcast by Dave Gerhardt. Mac or PC? Definitely Mac. Say something interesting about you that most people don't know. I think some people know the first part. I would say I'm a big, massive Harry Potter fan. And I also did co-write a book about startup jokes. And the whole idea was to make fun of stereotypes and hype in the startup world. What is your hidden talent? Processes. Creating them. I love creating systems and filling those systems with good people. If you were going to write a book about your life, what would the title be? Continuously Exploring Life. Lovely. Great start. Now, let us dig deeper. Our childhood has an effect on our adulthood. Our early experiences shape our belief about ourselves, others, and the world. Irantin, I want to discover your childhood. Where did you grow up? Colombo, Sri Lanka. What was your dream job as a child? Well, it depends on the age, if you ask. So when I was five, I really liked stars and planets and wanted to be a scientist. And then maybe when I was about eight to nine, I really wanted to be a doctor. But then I think it was at the age of 12-ish that I really knew that I wanted to become an entrepreneur. And that never changed. What was your favorite subject in school? English. I had one of the best teachers. What was your least favorite subject? History. I would say I had the most boring teacher. And I'm actually a bit disappointed about it. 
What is your earliest memory of technology and the arrival of the internet? I think I was in school in grade one and we had this computer class where you would be taken into this whole very cool lab that had a lot of computers and a little gadgets. So we were shown how to use word art and then I think like creating a PowerPoint presentation. And then once we were done, if there was enough time left, we had downloaded this little car game onto the computer where we would all take turns. Which were the three first technology gadgets you owned? A black and white desktop computer, a knockoff Nintendo console, and an MP3 player. Who was your female role model growing up and why? My mother. My parents used to run a local business together. And I've always seen that they've always worked well together as a team. But then at the end of the day, when it came to challenges, my father always was the creative person, whereas my mother was the one who always executed ideas. She basically gets things done. And she also invested into a lot of property. And one of my personal lifetime goals is to invest into 100 properties. I already have three. How do you think where you grew up and the school you went to and the generation you come from influence your education and career choice? Yeah, it definitely played a role. So I went to a private school in Colombo and my sisters and I were the first generation, I would say, in the family to speak English and to access technology. And my school curriculum was to do with the British syllabus. I've always seen that it had opened a lot more opportunities for me than some of my, let's say, family friends or cousins even. And I think it was a lot to do with reading certain books that, like I mentioned, like some of my cousins wouldn't have. And then also when I moved to Australia, it was very easy for me to make friends. I've always noticed that like the jokes and the references I made with my friends growing up in Sri Lanka was quite similar. Even in multiple countries, even in Finland and people I met in Sweden and the UK and in the US. So going to a private school in Colombo was a public-owned school outside of Colombo definitely did play a big role. Now, I'm going to read two quotes. First one, how does the universe expect me to choose a career path at 16? I can't even choose what I want for dinner. Second, Abraham Lincoln said, I quote, the best way to predict your future is to create it. So Yuranthi, I want to know the choices behind your career path. What did you study at university? Business and IT, and also a little bit of hospitality on the side. Who and what influenced you to get into your choice and field? I've always been interested in technology from a very young age and also entrepreneurship at the same time. And then I always thought like mixing the two of them would be an ideal career choice of studying. Maybe let's say a bachelor's of business and IT could be a good fit. What professional roles or projects have you had before that led you to start your current company? I haven't really worked in the corporate world. While I was studying in university while I was in Melbourne, that's when I actually met my co-founder where I started my first business with. It was nothing to do with tech. It was a little coffee catering business with little cute coffee carts. And the problems we found in that business led to the current company I'm running, a service form. And in a way, I think it's a good thing sometimes that I do think that I was exposed to the corporate world because the way I've been like leading my team and the way I do things are all based on how I want to be treated. And of course, I'm still learning along the way. What does Service Form do and what is your title? I'm the CEO and co-founder. Basically, a Service Form helps B2B companies. We're a SaaS company. We help companies like real estate, automotive, healthcare, construction, pretty much very much in the service industry to generate more leads from their website and help them manage them in the same place. Why did you start a company and what are your main responsibilities? 
I started it with my co-founder and as CEO, I'm very much involved with strategy, fundraising, recruiting, making sure that everyone is on the same page when it comes to communication, implementing processes, and then also on top of that, the day-to-day things that you don't really expect that gets thrown in your face and you don't know how to do them, but you need to figure it out. What does a typical workday look like for you? Every day is different. I still do have a weekly structure, but I would say every day is still different. And it's a mix of recruiting, so basically interviews, creating and improving processes, communicating with investors, meetings, internal stuff, and working on a lot of strategy with different teams. And then I always try to help where it's the most needed. Right now, it's in demand generation around marketing. I love to quote, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. So Ramte, what do you love about your role? I love problem solving. I love the challenge that comes with growing and running a tech company. Like the problem solution part allows you to become creative. And sometimes I feel like I'm not a creative person, but when something is thrown your way and you need to figure it out, you automatically become creative and it pushes you to work with other people. And then if every day was the same, I would definitely be bored to death. What is the best experience you've had in your role so far? Multiple things. Again, it goes back a lot to problem solving, raising a serious size investment round of 2 million euros and growing the company to from when we were two people to now to almost a team of 60. And what is the biggest challenge you've encountered so far and how did you tackle it? People, managing them. Tackling wise, I've learned a lot of lessons along the way and I'm still figuring out a lot of things. What do you wish everybody understood about your role? That sometimes there isn't enough time to take all the meetings that everyone wishes I could take. I would love to take them, but just don't have enough time. And making sure that they understand that my key goal at the end of the day is to make sure that everyone is communicating with each other and is on the same page. What is the common myth about your profession or field that you want to disapprove? When it comes to tech, there's this, this hype bubble. Like It's not about servicing the cool hype startup crowd, but actually helping out the majority of the real businesses that's out there that needs real help. What do you love about working in the tech industry? change. There's always something new around the corner. And if you think about competitors, like some people would think it's a bad thing, but I think it's great because it always pushes you to always take one step further to look around. And also like being in tech, it has really helped us create the work life that you want in terms of being able to have a hybrid culture or a fully remote culture, depending on the teams you want to build. Oprah Winfrey said, I quote, think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is not a stepping stone to greatness. So Ranti, what have by far been your biggest achievement in your career? Generally growing service from two to 60 people because so many things have revolved around it. And what would you say are the biggest factor that has helped you become successful and in success habits? Positivity. I'm very positive. Hard work and being able to adapt. How do you measure your own performance at work? It can be tough sometimes as CEO. So I go back and forth with my co-founder about priorities and how to improve. What is your biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? When I started my first company, like at the coffee catering business, me and my co-founder, we had everything set up, the location, the equipment, the machinery, but we forgot to learn how to make the coffee in detail. So be more prepared. What would you say is inspiring and motivating the most in your role and career right now? Right now, the next big goal for us is to get to 10 million euros in annual recurring revenue. And the whole goal is to grow the team into the next level to make that happen and basically just have fun while doing it. 
Let us now jump into the influence of mentorship and role models. Role models can consciously or subconsciously be a powerful force in our lives. In addition, mentors can guide us through our career journey and open up the world of possibilities. Iranti, do you have a mentor today? I do have a few, and they're mainly our investors who have come on board. And it's nice because they come from very different backgrounds. And with that, they're able to bring in different areas of domain expertise. But something I'm very much looking forward to in next year, in 2023, is to build a very strong, solid advisory board. Who is the female role model you look up to in your field? I think the camera founder, Melanie Perkins, is pretty amazing. But then again, I don't know her personally. Growing up, of course, it was always very important to have someone to look up to. But once you really start your career, it's always good to have someone, you know, who's a role model that you can know them personally a little bit and know what their day-to-day is like. Because I think from a distance, everything can look great. But to really understand someone, I think you need to know them in a bit more deeper level. History shows that it has been more common for men having mentors and role models in business than women. How important do you think it is to have a role model and mentor during one's career? It's very important. You could skip a lot of learning to cover a lot of ground. And of course, like there are some things that I strongly believe that you should make the mistake and learn from it to really understand the rest of it. But then, of course, again, there are some things that having a mentor is like being able to take a shortcut. Let us move on to leadership. Shirley Sandberg, CEO of Facebook, said, I quote, Leadership is about making others as a result of your presence and making sure that the impact lasts in your absence. Ranti, what does leadership mean to you? Taking care of your people. And in my role, the only thing that I've seen is that can people work together? Are they on the same page about company goals and also their individual goals? What do you consider a good versus a bad leader? I'm not sure there's a good versus a bad leader. I believe everyone leads differently and they've managed to get the job done regardless of their leadership style. But of course, things are certainly moving in a certain direction nowadays. And it's like, personally to me, a good leader is someone who would always lead by example, take responsibility for a team's wins and failures, and then also be a friend and sit on the same side of the table when you're figuring something out. Because it's clearly that you don't know how to do it and neither does that the person. So it's always important to look at it from the same level, not that I'm the boss you're the one to get it done who's your favorite female tech leader and why sadly i don't think i've really had one for a long time and actually this is something i've thought about in the past that i would love to document a book of stories of female business leaders and their journey and like i said before i think the camera founder Melly perkins is great and then you also did mention Cheryl sandberg i read her book which i thought was amazing which she very much talks around the same topic and she's definitely someone i think people should read that book men and women both and that's someone that we should look up to but also one thing that i want to say and I don't know how you feel about this because this is a little bit conflicting for example this podcast alone is a great fair highlight women in tech but then again on the other hand it feels a bit wrong to be highlighted as a woman in tech because at the end of the day just as any other guy that's out there I want to be known as hey she's a founder in tech and that my gender or color shouldn't matter I do get the point that the whole women in tech part is to bring awareness to the topic and I think it's going well but I also feel like the conversation should also be what is it that we need to identify to get there identify even a woman just as a founder in tech or just someone in tech how would you describe yourself as a leader calm kind but also driven and i want the best for everyone in the team but at the end of the day it's about the big picture and also hitting the numbers and as a leader what values are most important to you 
Let me put it this way. The company values that I have defined for service form are the values I basically live by. And they're quite simple. They are be nice, be respectful, get things done, communication and adaptability. What leadership lessons have you learned that have formed you into the leader you are today? To get the best out of someone, it's very important to step into their shoes, to see perspective and find solutions together. You have to trust people and give them the space to do what they're hired to. And of course, you need to step in to help when it's needed, but I think it really helps creativity a lot if you do give them room. And if there's negativity, remove it right away before it spreads and make sure to address the problem right away as well. Because if not, it just doesn't work. And then, of course, make sure that there's enough and more room to encourage everyone to share a good feedback as well as concerns and to always encourage them to talk about concerns in a positive way so that they can be worked out. What are your three strengths and three weaknesses? Guiding and managing people in terms of strengths, creating and implementing processes. And one good thing is I don't easily get overwhelmed, which has been helpful. Weaknesses-wise... I don't know that I know a lot of things, even though I do. And the more I know, I always feel like I don't know enough. It's annoying. And sometimes I wish I'm a bit too introverted than I wish I wanted to be. Let us now jump into the hottest topic in business today, workplace culture, unblocking the power of diversity, equality, inclusion and belonging. Iranti, what do diversity, equality, inclusion and belonging mean to you personally? It's a tough topic. But I believe this is a question that we shouldn't really have to think about. Everyone must be included, respected and valued. And of course, provided they do the same. What do you consider being three to five signs of good company culture if you were going to join a company or the ones that you have for your own company? I would make sure to talk to multiple people in the company and see how they lift each other up and that are people being heard and do they have the freedom to contribute. Of course, this could depend on the size, but I'm explaining through like from the lens of service form where we have a team. And also, of course, like making sure that it's open for a failure to learn from a kind environment. As a woman, what has been the most significant barrier in your journey of starting your own company and how have you overcome these challenges? Fortunately, I can't think of a significant barrier as such. And in general, I'm a very positive person. So even if there was like a few little things, I would have brushed it off and I would take them too seriously. But if I'm honestly speaking, maybe sometimes I have wished that my skin color wasn't brown. So I would just easily fit in better. But then again, I'm also very proud of who I am and who I have become over the years. And I also have a few great mentors that I reach out to and I have questions. Like the team we have on board is amazing. I read quite a lot and I'm just honestly passionate and interested in what I'm doing. Either way, I think hard work, taking your space, showing great results and having a great team, I think usually overcomes it all. Beautiful. Thank you for being so honest because it will really help a lot of people. Why do you think it's important for more women to join the tech industry, especially as leaders? Tech should be made out of the best people that's out there. And I have seen personally because even with us, we do have women in leadership roles and they have created fantastic results. Like some of our, I would say our best salespeople right now in the company are women and also like some of the developers. So we definitely need more roles in the industry to encourage this. And for example, like I would say when there are internal promotions, it's very good to encourage to take on those roles. Like even if there's, you know, let's say there's self-doubt, but to like always encourage them. 
Do you and how do you speak with your female and male colleagues about diversity, quality, inclusion and belonging challenges, especially salary gaps? I don't think we've really spoken about it because we definitely don't consider a gender in the company. And from our values, we try to make it obvious that everyone is treated the same. So if it's a salary raise or you're starting as a position, it's the same a salary that we talk about to everyone. There are many public and internal discussions about the barriers women face from reaching higher position in the tech industry. How do you feel about it? And what is your advice on how to best unblock these roadblocks? Easily hard results by showing that you work hard. And if you want something, don't be afraid to ask for it. Like nowadays, at least in the Nordics, the thing is, I've been mostly dealing with growing companies. I don't think, at least in the Nordics, because if you even think about our investors, some of them are older, some of them younger. And I really haven't felt a massive roadblock that way in my career. But then, of course, I'm also Sri Lankan and I have also worked a little bit around the business there. And I've seen how most of the companies are run by old men, traditional people, I'm sorry to say, but they definitely look at things in a very different light. And then I think in general, like not shying away from a conversation when you can be a part of it. If you have something to say, you should just say it. And something I always tell our entire team, regardless of gender, is that if you have something in your chest or mind, you need to say it out loud for people to hear you. So that way the conversation can continue. As the tech industry finds it hard to attract and especially retain women, what is your best advice or strategies for how companies can work to build a stronger corporate culture that engages gender diversity and equality? I've seen that, uh, especially like a lot of startups that already have preference of promoting junior to mid-level people in like technical roles. And of course, this is based on skill. But in general, like things like encouraging women to apply for leadership positions internally. Like when there's a promotion, it should always be very much encouraged to say that, go for it. There's nothing to lose. You have shown your skills. You've done your part. It's time for you to take that next leap. And then having company values and culture that encourages everyone to speak up, that gives them the room to take initiative and being kind and open for failure and in helping them learn from it. What would you say are the few challenges of implementing diversity, quality, inclusion and belonging culture in a workplace today? That's a good one. It needs to be a natural part of the company, not something that everybody is, you know, enforced to do with some kind of weird structure because existing teams are very hard to move into a new way of thinking. One good example is, okay, maybe this is not really to this topic that's related, but I have noticed a lot of Finnish companies, when they start a company, they don't really have a mindset, hey, I want to go outside, I want to go global. And then if you have that intention and then you change your mind later, the team you hire in Finland doesn't really work because the team that you hire needs to have that mindset from day one that, hey, we're going to be a global company, which means that you need to be open to speaking English, for example. This is the company language. And there'll be certain roles. There'll be mixed roles. Why and how do you think companies would benefit from having workplace gender diversity and equality, especially better gender representation at sea level? Better results. Having different genders in a workplace is a lot to do with different perspectives. And having and making sure that when new people join, a company that promotes, let's say, people from different genders to be their role models shows how well you can do as a company. And then as a result, you would definitely perform better. How much do you think the industry has changed regarding this subject since you joined the tech industry? 
been running businesses like I would say for the last seven years, but most specifically in tech about four to five. So every year I see people making steps towards talking about the topic, raising awareness for more equality. And again, like this podcast is definitely an amazing way to talk about the topic. And another thing is that it's incredible to see our investment company, Backing Minds. You're familiar with Suzanne, right? Backing Minds is run by a core female team. And these are people who have built and run companies and know what it's really like. It's just not another a VC company that, you know, you would take money from and doesn't really understand what sort of shoes you're in. So knowing that they have been in those shoes, it's very nice that they're also like talking about the topic more. Looking back on your career, what one thing would you have changed in your working environment to break the bias? Just promote women and encourage them to take the next step in their career, even if they have self-doubt. Because it always sometimes even goes down to one conversation of when there's self-doubt, asking them to think about, hey, what are the things that you've done so far? You've come a long way. You've done amazingly well. And it's time for you to think about that next step. Looking forward, what will you do as a leader to improve the bias for the next generation of women in tech? My parents aren't very tech-savvy people, and they're very traditional. But when I was growing up, they never gave me toys that were specific for girls. I was more or less asked to choose what I wanted to play with. And I think I honestly ended up playing with more cars. And then also, like, growing up, they never pushed me into selecting a career of, you know, maybe highlighting that I'm a girl and maybe you should do this because I have seen some of my friends' parents doing it. I think it helped me be who I wanted to be, not like molding me to be someone very specific who they thought I should turn out to. So I think more parents should do this because I think when young children are stereotyped based on their gender, they just expect that, okay, it's the norm. Oh, I'm supposed to go play with dolls or I'm supposed to do this because I'm a girl or I'm supposed to do this because I'm a boy and that's expected out of me. I think we could definitely remove that if you don't push them into stereotypes. Let us move on to another hot topic in business today, which is work-life balance and mental health. Iranti, you have without a doubt a busy lifestyle. How do you take care of yourself to maintain a good mental health? Running a company is a lot of fun, but also definitely hard work sometimes. And every day isn't the same. For me, it's massively important that you have a co-founder who you can share a perspective with when something is challenging or, you know, you just simply want to bounce ideas because you're easily on that same level of there's vision that you want to achieve. So I think you share that together. And sometimes I'm human too. I just want to pat in the back. But then, yeah, of course, on some days, it's very important to be able to take some time for yourself. Last year, I started to go and learned that it's a nice way to distract myself from anything. Because once you start playing, you cannot think of anything else. And I also feel the same way about building Lego models. And of course, as a normal person, I think sleep helps. I like to read and watch Netflix and the normal stuff. Have you ever experienced burnout? No, not really. I don't think I've fully experienced burnout. There are amazing days and then there are the mediocre days where things are okay. And then there are some really bad days. And then during the bad days, it can feel like nothing is right and then get too little overwhelmed. But then after a good night's sleep, I wake up the next day. I have even forgotten how I felt and I'm just very excited to go figure out the solution. What motivates you every day to get out of bed? 
the day-to-day that we have created as a team, as a company, like I said, even before, I enjoy problem solving a lot. And like the team that we have created is super nice to work with. I'm very proud of the culture we have created. We have four different offices. Right now I'm in the Swedish office, but we have one in Finland, in Spain, and in Sri Lanka. Like the beautiful thing is any time, let's say I walk into any of the offices at any given moment, you'll just see their faces and it's, hey, I'm going to be here for this week and it's going to be super fun to work with them. What is your advice on how companies can create a more mentally healthy workplace in the new now? How do you guys do it? Enough challenge to be profitable and productive. But the thing is, if there's a lot of work which needs to be organized, because the main reason I've seen where people struggle is when they have a lot going on and can't prioritize. Then everything becomes overwhelming and they don't know what to do. Really making sure that they know that I can go get help. And then they have a structure when that feeling happens that they know that's something that they can follow through to improve it immediately. Then I would say having a respectful and kind culture where you can again fail and it's okay to try again. Sharing creativity because something I have seen is that when you love creativity, people are much more genuinely happier to contribute. And also, people are very different to each other. Like, what I've seen is that some people, when you hire for a certain role and they start working on it, that they start touching on other areas. And then some of their skills are naturally good for it and they enjoy doing that even more. Like, taking the time to identify, hey, are you having more fun doing this than this? And if so, let's have a conversation. Let's see how we can make a change. For you in your day-to-day, so trying to find them suitable roles. And we have done that with multiple people at Service Form. Now, let us wrap up with a few words of wisdom and piece of advice for our listeners. Iranti, what is the best piece of advice you've been given that has helped you during setbacks in your role and career? Yes, this is important. I'm not even sure if you can call this advice, but like taking a step back to look at how far you have come and then also looking at how much further you have to go. Because every time for me, I've had success after, let's say, putting a lot of effort into something. I take the win for that day and then immediately the next day, I look for the next challenge. Okay, what needs to happen? And then after a few days, things are still happening. That sort of gives me the feeling that, ah, everything is slow, nothing is happening. I need to do more. And that is a really bad feeling to have. And when the has happened and I've spoken to people closer to me, they have reminded me that like how much I have achieved and that how every step contributes the bigger picture, even though I don't immediately see it. So when that always happens, to take a step back and look at how far you have come along really helps. And then what is the worst advice you've ever been given and how did you tackle it? I would say a couple of things, actually. One is, this is something I've experienced. When pitching to an investor or potential customer, one advice that I got was that you need to make this dramatic pitch and change how you sound. Pitch in a very weird tone that's not you, and then once it's done, then you come back to your normal self. And I always found that was very weird. But then actually speaking to customers, speaking to investors, speaking to people you normally meet, and then you tell your idea, you will realize that you can just explain it, like the problem and the solution, like you would do to a normal friend to make them understand. so that was a bit interesting. The other thing is that to succeed in tech, we kept hearing that you need to have the next cutting edge technology to be taken seriously. And that's so not true. Outside there in the world, this is a massive traditional market who has established businesses that are doing really well, but needs more help because if you look at their website, it's completely outdated. There's so many things that you can help them to do. Improve. The startup industry as a whole has completely overlooked helping businesses with the basic technology that they need to get to that next level and they're only thinking about the cutting edge next cool thing and no one knows what it is is there something you wish you would have known or a skill you wish you had when starting out in a tech industry 
Not sure if this fits around tech, but something after I'm broad during my early 20s was when I finally realized that studying for exams versus learning something out of interest are two completely different things. Your exams don't really determine who you are and what potential you have. If you had the ability to go back in time when you were just at the beginning of your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? If you want something, ask for it. Nothing can go wrong. Just ask. What advice would you give to young girls and women wanting and trying to break into STEM fields today, especially wanting to become the next generation leaders? Be curious, be patient, because you don't always learn anything overnight. And sometimes it takes days, weeks, years. But like making sure that you remember when you started in the first place because you were interested, you were excited about it. So if that challenge is still there, keep focusing on it and then give your everything to go after it. As long as you're interested, it won't go away. And always ask for something if you want it. Because worst case, you might not get it. But then again, if you don't ask, you're just going to regret it. Last but not least, what is next for you in your role and career in tech? What are your career aspirations? Service form is everything right now, but I do have a few business ideas that I would like to explore one day. And something I'm also kind of excited is to get into VC. Because being a founder and dealing with VCs, it's always admirable when you meet other VCs that, you know, who have already been in your shoes. One day, I would like to have a little period of my life where I would invest in companies and understand what they're going through, like a VC perspective. Iranti, thank you so much for being a guest on the Queens of Tech podcast. Sharing your journey will, without a doubt, inspire change and reshape company culture for the next generation of women in tech. Thank you so much for having me on board, Jasmine. Thank you for listening. If you have worked in the tech industry minimum three years and would like to share your journey, please nominate yourself or somebody you know to i at jasminemoradi.com. For more podcast episodes and to learn more about the Queens of Tech initiative and to support us, visit queensof.tech.